The Protectors of the Wood episode series, episode 19, a plan for the interview. Abby continued on the straight path through the musty tunnel. With every step, she felt the joy of approaching the mapstick and wished she could stop and spend time in the secret room. But she knew she had to reappear as soon as possible. She passed the entrance to the small room, but didn't stop. In just 30 or 40 more yards, she came to the awkward curve where the tunnel rose and finally opened on a gentle incline under the vines. It was all quicker and easier than before because she had the flashlight. After sliding the dirt-covered rock to the side and seeing daylight, she stayed in a crawling position for a few minutes. The noise of the birds and the distant roar of a truck were all she heard. Pushing the rock further aside and moving like a snake, she emerged on the rough ground concealed by bushes and vines and young maple trees covered in morning glory and Virginia creeper. It took her at least 10 minutes to replace the rock and cover the secret entrance. She had become a fanatic about small details. Finally, she crawled forward into the cave of vines and left the flashlight concealed by six inches of earth and leaves. She was thinking, The way things look, it might never rain again. Plenty of time for me to retrieve it. The sunlight felt shockingly bright. As she came out of the woods near the abandoned school building, after crawling under the scaffolding again, she moved along the wall to Tuck's side door. She knocked softly, again and again. Please, Tuck, please, please. The door opened a crack. What the? You're a mess. Get in here. Abby slipped through the half-open door and stood there, not knowing what to say. <sighs> Follow me. Tuck led her up to the second-floor bathroom. Go take a shower and shake that shirt and pants out the window. I'll do it. But can I ask for another favor? Yes? Go to Sammy's and tell him, all is well. Just that. Then order me a turkey, fried potato squash, and sliced tomato sandwich with finger beans on the side, and bring it here. I haven't eaten anything, and I won't get a chance to for hours. I'll go down to the meeting room. <laughs> Good grief. All things reach out for the sunlight. The hand of life everywhere. Went through the trees, whispered through the leaves. Ways of peace fill the air. Fresh and clean. Abby sat by herself among a dozen folding chairs in the large room. In her mind, she was tackling the interview problem. It had seemed easy when Tuck advised her the night before. But now... First of all, Stephanie and Sule would be there. And what would they be doing? They would become media targets if they participated. And what would they be likely to say? The whole thing might get out of hand. And second, 
Would this be a video interview or just a sound recording, like Sonny Walker's clever solution to the problem? He was able to edit out certain things. Abby had a suspicion that Sarah and Freddie Baez would want a video interview from Maximum Splash. But that plan did not suit Abby's goals at all. She wanted this event to be as low profile as possible. And third, now that Abby had a chance to think about the details, she felt that Tuck's recommended answers to the likely questions were insufficient, too obviously a cover-up. Such a plan was likely to backfire. A sound recording with prepared questions and answers would satisfy no one. Tuck arrived with a paper bag of food and set out a sandwich with finger beans and a hot container of coffee. Abby thanked him over and over until he became impatient. The best way for you to return the favor would be to tell me what's going on. Sammy was very happy to hear from me, but that place is swarming with press, angry as a nest of hornets. They're all in booths buying lunch, sure that you've made fools of them. But now they'll take revenge, uh, make your disappearance into a big story, and please their boss with entertaining fantasies to stir up the public. Everything I do turns into a circus. I was just trying to follow our plan from last night. And now I can't even figure out how to handle Sarah, who's coming to interview me at one. So tell me, how did you disappear? I need to know. You don't want to know. <laughs> then I guessed correctly, Abby. If you do this too often, someone will discover your secret, and then we do not even think about it. Abby was about to cry. Oh, God. I know you're right. I thought it was kind of fun. But every time I enjoy myself, it turns into a mess. I'm cursed. I'm just going to give up and retire to a peaceful life. If such a thing is even possible, probably isn't. Well, let's see if we can find a good side to this situation we're in. Yeah, sure. Good luck with that. Ugh, um, just listen for a minute. Try this one on for size. Let's imagine that for an unknowable reason, you're fated to be in the spotlight. Let's assume that it's unavoidable. Uh, a divine decree, right? Uh, 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 now just give me a chance here. If you're fated to be in the spotlight, the next question should be, how can we turn that into a good thing, right? So let's pursue that line of thought. Tuck considered the problem in silence for a few seconds. Abby had no faith that he could come up with anything. Finally, Tuck observed, You'll have to admit that some good results have come out of your recent exploits. No, 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 really. Your bizarre escapades have brought about a, a lot of good. Sometime later, I promise to prove that point, but right now, let's stay on task. How can we turn this adventure into good. Abby explained her fear that the interview with Sarah might turn into a circus. 
and added her intuition that a sound recording of prepared questions and answers would satisfy no one. <sighs> Look, go ahead and eat. I want you to listen, not talk. Now, let's assume that your misgivings are correct. Sarah will want a video interview. Stephanie and Sule will be unpredictable because they haven't a chance to learn what to be quiet about. And we'll also accept the idea that a rigidly controlled sound recording will provoke a backlash, which, by the way, is already happening full blast in the coffee shop. So we're under pressure to be open, spontaneous, hiding nothing. <laughs> I shouldn't say we. You're the one under pressure right now. I'm here to help you, but clearly you don't want me in the interview. You have to say things that are authentically you. How can you do that? And will any good come out of it? After a short pause, Tuck looked her in the eye. Do you have anything worthwhile to say? Abby had stopped eating partway through Tuck's speech. She was overwhelmed, lost her appetite, and tried to pull herself together. <sighs> All right. I'll follow this chain of dominoes. It looks like I have to give a spontaneous interview in an intimate setting, and I'll have to do it alone. I can't put Sule and Stephanie in that position, even if they want to. Plus, Stephanie is the editor's niece, so that's out. This room is out. I have to do it in the cottage. I have to let Sarah ask any questions she can think of. Well, you do have courage, Abby. I think you're right, <laughs> though it scares me. But I don't think Sarah should ask any questions that occur to her. There should be a professional obligation not to expose other people to danger. She should stick to questions about you and avoid forcing you to expose others. Excellent advice. Please, Reverend Tuck, you're helping me more than I can say, but I'm greedy for more. Okay, one more thought. It might make sense to talk about spirituality, religion, and, and related matters. Hmm. It is a good way to avoid having to talk about other people. Anything else while you're so full of genius? Oh, now don't provoke me with absurd compliments. It doesn't take a genius to see that. Look, you'd better clean up and arrange your cottage. If you intend to showcase that setting on television and social media, photos in the newspaper, you see what I'm saying? Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm going. But remember, Sule and Stephanie will arrive around one o'clock. I'll meet them and Sarah here in the basement and explain the plan. I'll tell Janet to show them in. And do you think I should walk across the churchyard openly? or get to my cottage secretly? Oh, let me see. Well, since you're so good at it, maybe it would be best to keep these reporters in the dark for a couple of more hours. And remember, you don't have to lie about how you left the coffee shop. You can insist that you slid out the back, wanting to avoid attention. Just leave it there. Right. Abby rose to depart. But one more thing. I found out George is okay. He's living in Evansville and working with the band. But that's all I know. Better than nothing. I'll tell his parents.
Thanks for listening. Episode 20 is coming soon. To hear all of the episodes, please visit our website at www.protectorsofthewood.com. For Facebook and Instagram, go to Protectors of the Wood Book Series. dream I saw the headlight and I know I'd run I was blinded by the headlight and I know I'd run Night my truck was coming wide as highway 61 I could see it in the distance 10,000 wheels around the bend could see it in the distance, 10,000 wheels round the bend, locking out the moon and the sunlight, don't know where it's gonna end, all night my truck is coming, biggest mountain rolling by, all night my truck is coming, biggest mountain rolling by. Hear the people cry Through the houses and the trees Avalanches moving Through the houses and the trees Lord, won't you help your children? Lord, help us if you please Oh, hurricane screaming Blowing wild across the land You are.